What up, peeps? Welcome into Unscripted and Unprepared, brought to you by Real Screen Magazine. I'm Jimmy Fox, and this episode is my sit-down with the one and only Nancy Glass, the founder of Glass Entertainment Group. Guys, this was so much fun. I laughed so hard. I literally just said goodbye to Nancy. I am sitting in the conference room here at Real Screen East where we recorded this. We had never met before, and from the second she walked in through the door, we became very close, as you are about to hear. Kindred spirits, me and Nancy Glass. I never thought I'd say that. Who would know? That's the great thing about this podcast. I'm so happy we've now made the connection. She's the executive producer of Tanked. She's the executive producer of CNN's The Pope, multiple documentaries, and a little show called Lawn and Order. We're going to hear that backstory in a little bit. Founded her company in Philadelphia. We're going to hear about why corporate culture means so much to her and why Glass Entertainment is different than others out there. This is my sit-down with Nancy Glass. I hope you enjoy it. Okay, it's 9 a.m. in uh, New Orleans. We're at Real Screen 2019, and Nancy Glass is on fire. You just came into the room... You're already on. I already I go in hot. What can I tell you? I get up every day ready to bite the ass off a bear. I am ready to go. Okay, so, okay, so a mutual what? a mutual friend yesterday, yeah, uh, told me because yes. I you know by the way you yeah. have a lot of fans. I do a lot of fans in in our neck of the woods in our I industry. Bribe a lot of people. And I don't know. I don't know if we need to call them like glassheads or glassites, glassomaniacs, but she was like, oh. Nancy's the best. She's great. But you know what? She'll be a little shy at first. Yes, I'm very shy. And that person was wrong. <laughs> that person was very wrong. Oh, yeah, she doesn't like to talk about herself. You come in. I open the door for you, and you're like, is this the Chippendales room? And you're just, like, on from the second you got in. I'm sorry. You just add water, and you get it. But did That's we, it. But literally, you've been in the room for two minutes now yeah. before we started recording. Yeah. And you were about to start going off on something, and I told you to stop. I wanted right. to wait till the microphones were going. Right. But I feel like you and I just became best friends in two minutes. Yes, and I'm afraid you're stuck with it. What What is going on? So apparently well, we share a lot of We interests. share a lot of things. When I was a kid, I was obsessed with uh, the Marx Brothers. You know, I shot an elephant in my pajamas. What he was doing in my pajamas, I, I didn't know. know. Yeah. Exactly. Because yeah. my dad used to say to me, the only antiques I have for you are jokes. And I would say I was hoping for money. But so there's that. I love wrestling as a kid. Weird Al Yankovic, obsessed with Weird Al loved him. Um, you are the first female I've ever met that has told me you're a Weird Al fan. How's that possible? I don't know, but apparently I've been around the wrong women my whole life. Well, clearly. Where have you been, Nancy Glass? <laughs> you've been hiding. In, you've been hiding in Pennsylvania for far too long. No, if it is funny and stupid, I just love it. Can we go back to the wrestling for a second? What? Because you didn't think I was just going to breeze by that. Oh, did what? You? you said Sergeant Slaughter. I love Sergeant Slaughter and Ric Flair. Ric oh, loved me. Na- oh my gosh. Oh, my gosh, this is really happening. Did you just talk about Ric Flair? Yeah. I hope those are socks. That's Ric Flair socks. Oh, my God. I just put my foot on the coffee table or on the conference room table recording. Yes. I have on my Ric Flair socks. And I'm not wearing glasses, so I was really hoping that wasn't a (laughs) tattoo. (laughs) I'm like, Jesus Christ, is that a tattoo? I have to act like that's good. I've got got on my pink and yellow Ric Flair socks. Well, there's, that's, you know. The Andre the Giants are back in my room. And that shows, speaks to your confidence. (laughs) It takes a big man to wear pink Ric yes, Flair socks. Yes, exactly. It does. Sergeant yes. Slaughter. Not that anybody will care but you. Yes. Uh, but this is about us, Nancy. Yes, This isn't it about is. them. That's right. Sergeant Slaughter is actually tied to one of my earliest and fondest uh, wrestling memories. What? My dad took me to the L.A. Sports Arena when I was young. Aww. And the main event that night was Hulk Hogan, my idol at the time, and Sergeant Slaughter. And back then, they would let kids run down to ringside no matter where your seats were. Like really? now, now you can't do that. Back in the day, at the LA Sports Arena, parents were like, "Yeah, go down there, kid," and we would run around and um, hang on the barricade, like right outside the ring, that metal barricade. Well, at one point, Hulk Hogan and Slaughter get out of the ring, and they're now like walking right by me, and I'm about six feet away from them. And Hogan takes a, a steel metal chair and just cracks it right over Sergeant Slaughter's back, and at that moment. I knew wrestling is real. And, and everything my mom told me at home that it was fake. 
was complete BS because I just saw Hogan take a chair to Slaughter's back, and at that point, I was sucked in forever. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Youth wrestling. I'm still. There's so much to unpack there. First of all, my first thought is, what does that smell like? Then I'm thinking, did you try and touch them? And the other thing is, wrestling's real. Okay. All right. Good. Good. That's good. It was, it was real to me at the moment. All right. That's excellent. So you grew up where? Boston. Boston. Swear to God, Wait, it's I had, a wicked pisser. What? I had to back up real quick because one thing occurred to me this morning. What? Because you did, you know, as we'll get into, start your career as an on-camera journalist. Is Nancy Glass journalist? Is Nancy Glass your real name? No, it's Charlize Theron. <laughs> What is Nancy Glass? Yes, it's my real name. It could easily be a fake name, like George Glass. George Glass is my father. George Glass is Jan Brady's fake boyfriend. I know that, but my father's name is George Glass. Oh, my God. Did he get that all the time? I don't think so. I don't know. I'm the only Brady Bunch nerd out there that would have made that reference. Uh, No, a lot of people did, but also Franny and Zoe uh, by J.D. Salinger had a George Glass in it. There's a lot of good George Glasses. Okay, so it's your real name. It is my real name. You grew up in Boston. Yes, where my sister says, everybody here thinks they're a goddamn Wahlberg. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I grew up a heavy Boston accent. It was really delightful. Is that what everyone strives for now? If you grow up in Boston, is what? is the hope that you become like a Wahlberg? I think so. Right? I'm pr- yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh huh. Like in L.A., we have a bunch of wannabe Kardashians running oh, around. Yeah. Is is Wahlberg kind of like the, I get, the highest I, echelon? I think it is. I do think it is. They're yeah. the first family of Boston now. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, but I just like I just love the Boston accent. My uh, I had two kids who went to school in Boston, and uh, every time I would come in, I'd say, "Oh, we're gonna park a car and have it yet?" And they both go like this: "Stop." Just stop. We get it. And now I'm in Philadelphia where people have water and won't look at the moon. What, uh, how many siblings did you have growing up? One. Just a sister. Just a sister. Oh, you know that. Well, you mentioned it earlier. Yes, that's right. Yeah. She, uh, she was not adopted and I was. My real parents are coming to get me one day. I know it. Because my these people who raised me had no sense of humor. They are short. They are rotund i mean I, i'm not well i might have made it be a little heavier than i should be but that just it's not Stop. possible they raised me it's it's not possible they birthed me you're convinced you're convinced you were adopted i am and my sister's jealous because she wishes she was adopted because she's just like the parents no because she's just like me okay. <laughs> what did your dad do he was in the nursing home business really yeah and did your mom also work with him in that, or was she... No, she was an unemployed domestic engineer, mostly. <laughs> she was just... No, my mother played mahjong for a living. So no... Pretty... What? Well, no, no like, comedians in the family? I mean, you're the, you just stood out? You just developed this personality all on, yes. an, on an island yes, of your own? Yes, poor little Nancy on an <laughs> island of her own, yes. Yeah, no. Where'd you go to school? You mean college? Yeah. I went to small school outside of Boston, Tufts. Yeah. Ben Silverman, Tufts man. He is? Yes. Huh. You didn't know that? No, and I'm the chair. You guys are like. Wait a second. I'm the chair of the board there. I'm going to have to ask him for money. He's a Tufts man. Really? Yes, because one of my earliest memories, as your phone rings. Did your phone, your phone, that's your. I don't know. uh, Wait, the phone just rang and she looked at her watch. Oh, my God. It's, it's my husband. Oh. I'm being interviewed on a podcast, honey. Okay. Bye. Oh, that guy knows his place. Oh, no. He's oh, the best. Oh, he knows his place. No, 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 he no. He got no. off the phone so quickly. No, you were like, no, no, I'm no, on. No. He's like, call me back. No, 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 no. Got it. No, 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 no. No, my husband runs Inside Edition. He's been doing it for 25 years. And he it is just, he he understands the precision with which we live our lives here. Okay. So, because yeah. so, your husband just called in. Yes. I have to ask you. What? What, what is, what is the, the keys to a healthy marriage? Well, first of all, I'm crazy about my husband. It's interesting because I said to him recently, he's not romantic, by the way, but I, like the way he proposed, okay, he looks me in the eye and he says, can we close this deal already? <laughs> and I went, is that a proposal? And he goes, uh, mm. And then like literally an hour later, he goes, I don't know anything about jewelry. You want to pick out a ring? And I went, is that? Because this is not working on me. I was like, what are you, 14? Go for it. And he, so like two days later, he goes, pick out a date. I'm like, for what? Two days goes, later, he says, pick out later, a date? Pick out a date. I'm like, what? He goes, okay, will you marry me? I'm like, yes, I will marry you. 
And let me tell you what I put in his ring, okay? Yeah. Inside his ring is engraved the most important phrase to me, put it back on. <laughs> That's what it says. <laughs> so the key Is that a Nancy Glass original? Yeah. That's The genius. key to a happy marriage, I think, is yeah. to not get upset about things. I, nothing bothers me. I look at the overall. You don't get, you don't get stressed out? You don't get anxiety about anything? No. no. Not even work-related stuff? Work-related stuff, yes, but not okay. about marriage-related stuff. I just I'd say, you know, who would I, what would I rather have in my life? I'm married to a complete crazy workaholic, a germaphobe. I'm ADD. He's OCD. Such a germaphobe. He doesn't eat birthday cake because people blow on it. <gasps> First time my dog sneezed on him, he took a shower. Oh, my God. If I ever tell my wife the birthday cake anecdote, I know she'll for be a like fact that? she'll never eat birthday cake again. Okay. so Because she's getting more and more OCD as time really? goes on. Yeah. So, he, you know, he runs Inside Edition, right? Yeah. A couple hundred employees, whatever. He keeps his office at 52 degrees so no one will come in and bother him. I said to him, but, you know, you're the idiot who sits there all day. But anyway, <laughs> how did we get on this? Anyway, uh, because your phone the, rang. Yeah, the key to a happy marriage, I don't know, is to... Don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah, except... And I, you also strike me as someone that doesn't keep anything within... So, no. I would, so I think open Pretty, lines. Of commu- so yeah. I think open lines of communication is yes. also probably right up there. Yes, yes. There are no unexpressed thoughts. Yeah, if you're, <laughs> if, you're, if, you're, if you're not feeling something, he knows. Yeah, exactly. All right. So you went to Tufts. Yeah. Four years. As far as I know, yes. <laughs> Wait, I gotta hit up Ben Silverman for some money. You do. Like, he won yeah. the P.T. Barnum Award. Oh yeah. Like many many years ago. Yeah. Okay. By the way, is it hot in here? No. Okay, I'm I'm sweating. I'm sorry. I yeah. do that to people. I make them very nervous. I am nervous because I mean, your body of work is pretty staggering. Ugh. Okay, and JC, who is what your COO? Yeah, he's my g- general manager. I don't know what these titles are. Clearly, it's a very important role. No, it is. Here's the thing that people is Danny Passman, who has you know he's one of our pods, crybaby. He's amazing. Yeah. And today he said to me. You're, this relationship you guys have is so like what is this? And I I thought about it. You and, and J.C. I, Mills, yeah. Okay. And I thought about it, and I thought, you know, we are at we're always at war in our business. We're in a total war zone, and really, the people you work with are in your foxhole. Yeah. And you become really close with the people you started with, with the people who are at in your at hand-to-hand combat with you every single day. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, we're really good friends. And I'm really good friends. I love the people I work with every day. I but, feel so lucky. But the uh, the pressure he has placed on me for yeah. this interview is Why? unlike any Did I've gotten. Did he make you interview well, I No, no, because I first emailed him. And I'm like, do you think Nancy would ever want to do the podcast? And he was like, I'll ask. And, and she, he was like, she's in. But ever since he sent me that email saying she's in, he's just like – put more and more pressure on me like oh my gosh you gotta hit this and you gotta hit this oh, and he's, she's he's amazing like, and like you're not prepared uh, for it you're not prepared for how big a personality <laughs> she has like she's gonna blow the doors off and i'm like okay jc i won't screw it up wow yeah well i think he was just doing that to fuck with you he's a good hype man yeah he's a very good hype man but you asked me how did i start i started actually i'll tell you as an intern at uh the nbc affiliate and i thought one day i will be an, i'm gonna be an intern for so long that one day i will be president of a network for credits that's how bad it was and then i was i was a producer in my um sophomore year and by my senior year i was on the air senior year you're on the air yeah at the nbc affiliate yep while I, still a college student yep that's and, amazing I was so bad, my parents asked me to change my name. I but, mean, I was But hold terrible. on, you're, you're a tough, so this is, yeah. wait, wait, what area is that in? Boston. That's in Boston. Yeah. So you were on, what, the number three market in the country as a senior in college? Yeah. That's unheard of. Well, they didn't know how old I was because I had a low voice. <laughs> and I don't know, and I worked hard and, well, oh, okay, so, okay, so. But I they g- knew you were an intern. I mean, they no, knew No, 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 because I became a producer. Okay. And they didn't see me riding my bicycle to work. I mean, you know, now it's hip. Then it was like, what, you can't afford a fucking car. So you Am I allowed cuss. to swear? Like, you, yeah, you're allowed to swear. I can cuss. Totally. Did you say cuss? Isn't this great? That's so charming. Did I say, because I said cuss? Yeah, you can cuss. You put your <laughs> hands over your mouth. Pop? You said You said a swear word and you put your hands over your mouth <laughs> like a 12-year-old. That's charming. 
Yeah. <laughs> I tried to reel it back in, but I can't. So, yeah, so I started off and... Um, Wait, you're 21 years old and yeah. you're on the air in Boston doing, yeah. doing what kind of reports? I did. I was uh, on Evening Magazine. Okay. And so I started out... Uh, oh, well, first of all, I have to tell you. So they used me. I didn't really audition quite. I, they used me as a camera check. A camera check? So what does that mean? Like you're just getting things ready before the real reporter comes I in? I was, yeah. I was standing in. Uh-huh. I was a stand-in stand for in. all the people auditioning okay. for the show. Okay. Which was a studio magazine show. Yeah, it was a magazine. Yeah. And so for some reason, they, my standing in, screwing around, got me the on-air job. Come on. I know. Isn't that weird? So uh, the GM, yeah. his name was John Pike. Okay. calls me in and says, we're going to offer you an on-air job. And my parents had said to me, do not embarrass this family. So I said, um, I can't take the job. And he said to me, why not? And I said, um, because my parents really don't want me to. And he said to me, every asshole on earth wants to be on television. And your mommy and daddy won't let you. How old are you? And I said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm 20. And he said, you're 20? Get out of here what are you doing in my office get out i don't even want to say and i and i don't know what happened to me but i went i'm kidding i'm <gasps> kidding i'll take the job and i thought nobody would notice i thought my family wouldn't notice you thought your family wouldn't notice you yeah. on air when there's no cable there's only three stations i thought they wouldn't notice and it's local and it's local yeah so when was the first time your parents learned of the job Oh, they were so furious. Uh, Did they I, literally have to be told by somebody else? No, I, I told them. But they get a little closer really to the microphone. Mad, they were really mad at me. Okay. You know, because I was on a path to, you know, Wait, I mean, but did, he, did he think you were joking about the 20-year-old thing, yeah, too? Yeah, he did. So he just never asked you your no, age again? No, never asked again. I think he knew. I think he knew, but didn't care. Yeah. But remember, when I started, I mean, I've been in this business now since I was 18 years old. Please don't do any math. But anyway, um, there weren't girls in the business. Mm. There were so few women, mm. and I, um, you know, have, I, you, have you seen Anchorman? Uh, yeah. Did you find any <laughs> connection points there? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. I've seen a lot of that. I mean, I, and I, uh, I don't know. And then I went to Cleveland, where I. So that was the first market change for you. Yes, I went to Cleveland. The, the general manager went there. I did a morning talk show. Mm. An afternoon. The general manager brought you to Cleveland. Yeah. So it's like when a head coach leaves a team yeah, and wants yeah, to yeah. get back one of his favorite players yes. later on. Yes. So he says, leave Boston yeah. and come to Cleveland. Where I got, uh, I was co-host on the talk sh- morning talk show, which okay. was a big deal. Big At deal. my age, yeah. I was 22. Because now you're not just like hitting the script. Like you're able to riff and be yourself now. Right. I did an afternoon <laughs> disco show because I can't say disco without being totally mortified wait a morning disco show afternoon disco show afternoon disco show yes. on tv yeah stop which is stop no 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 don't no, sorry come on sorry nancy glass if that's your real name <laughs> we're gonna get into this right now it's called weekday fever weekday fever <laughs> yes five days a week yeah and was it a competition show or no, was it like it was a soul a train show it's like a soul train so you're literally standing people. with a bunch of white disco people around you yeah and we had, oh, well, listen, we had Prince on the show. We had incredible guests on the show. Sure, I mean, it's Evelyn Cleveland. Champagne King. I write Cleveland, exactly. And wait, on top of that, I did the movie reviews at night. Okay, so on the 11 on a, o'clock on, news. On a, okay. So I did the morning talk show, the afternoon, afternoon disco, disco show. show, and the nightly uh, movie reviews. And all of those jobs added up, you were probably taking home like $300 a week. Oh, no. Right? Like something no. like no. Minuscule. No, we're making good money. $60,000 a week at the age of Shut 22. Up. Wait, I'm which sorry. In today's money, 60? 60. $60,000 a week. A ton of money. For the local Cleveland market. I had three jobs. What do you want from but me? But still, I you mean. Do you want me to pay it back? Nancy, they pay like now if you're, if you're the and local. Now you re- make 60. Right. Exactly. If you're the local reporter now you make 60. At, a, at, a, at a Cleveland station, you make a little lucky. bit over minimum wage. I know. I was so lucky, and I worked so hard. You were banking cash. Who works from 6 in the morning to midnight every day? I did. Wait, $60,000 a week times 50 is... No, not a week. 60000 a year. Oh, okay. What is the matter you, with you? That's why I freaked out because I thought you no, said a week. No, 60000 a year. I'm Sorry, glad we did cleared... I say a week? Oh, my God. I'm, I'm so embarrassed. I'm glad we cleared that up. Oh, my God. I need the coffee. Okay, 60000 a year. A year. Which back are... then is a healthy living, and you're 22? Yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. Living that 
High Life in, in Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah. So where'd you go after that? <laughs> so at this point, are you thinking, okay, I can go national? You're thinking, no, no, not no, yet. No, no, no. Self-loathing is my greatest quality. I always thought they're going to see me. They're going to find out. I'm going to. But get you just said up. you don't worry about anything. You said you don't stress. No, about I anything. worry about work. I don't worry about personal. So you are a talent. No, you are because... a talent. You are doubting yourself. You're oh, thinking no, no, I'm not no, good no, enough. No, 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 no. It's an ethnic thing. I, self-loathing <laughs> is my greatest quality. I'm telling you. Plus, also remember, in my day, my. In my day, you... You really um, should have a cigarette right now. Like, <laughs> start things off that way. In my day, um, you know, people told you what they really thought of you. And I cannot tell you how many oh. people t- told me how ugly I was. And I heard <gasps> it forever. I used to have to draw my lips in smaller. And I had to wear blue contacts because I have a half brown eye. And it was distracting on the air. And they would make me cut my hair shorter. I mean, I would, did not Wait, look so like wear, the era. Do you have a contact right now? No. So you have a half brown eye? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you're kind of, yeah. But, uh, and also they were too light for the camera, and it used to not be blue, a green screen, it was blue screen. Right. So if your eyes were a certain color blue, oh. I did something on the Olympics, and somebody swam through my head. <laughs> Think about it. So, um, no, I didn't know what to do. And I thought also, I, I was a jingle singer when I was in college. I did voiceovers. I did all kinds of stuff. So I thought... What do I do next? And I was very lucky. I, the station in Boston uh, gave me a job. I wanted to get back to Boston as a reporter on the nightly news. And I was really, really, I was so lucky. Field reporter. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I was so, I, I can't even tell you. And I just outworked everybody. Yeah. And then um, I left the way I came in, fired with enthusiasm. Um, I made a. Fired with enthusiasm? Yeah, fired. What did you get fired for? <laughs> you know. I think I wrote. Uh, Is there an HR issue here? That no, 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 no. No, I think I like. Uh, I think one of the big things was you had to turn in the time time that your uh, story was. Like if it was two minutes and three seconds, and I'm dyslexic, so I would write two thirty. You're dyslexic. Yes. Okay. My kids are dyslexic too. Wow. Do you know about the dyslexic atheist with insomnia? <laughs> Stayed up all night pondering the existence of dog. If you don't think that took me a while to remember, it did. Yes. Before you, before you hit that joke, I just saw the glint in your eye. And I was like, okay. <laughs> a sucker is sitting this, in front of me. Is, I can do it. I was like, this is going to be one of, one of her go-to, no, go-to no, no, ones. No, it is. Yes. We, in my one. family, we go, dyslexics untie. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. So I was always mixing up the numbers and it apparently screwed up. Everything I ever did, because you know, if you turn in and in the logs and stuff, yeah, the logs, I would log the wrong numbers, and so they just had had enough of that. Me. One doesn't seem like a fireable offense. That seems like something they talk to you about, and then they well, they have somebody work with you on but it. No, because no. First of all, who who in a newsroom in Boston where everybody's like, yeah, how's your mother? How's your father? And in comes a twenty four year old, yeah, who thinks you know she knows something. Mm-hmm. Everybody hated me. Okay, you know, yeah. And you were you were moving up the chain fast. Too fast. You knew you were good. You I outwor- did not you, you, know I was but good. But you outworked everybody. I outworked and everybody. You, and you had aspirations. I mean, you had drive. Yeah. And, oh, pe- yeah, yeah. and people hate that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when they see somebody young and hungry behind them, right. they hate that. And so, and then what So you I- had some people that were out to get you from the beginning, probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that, that was fine, but – and then I applied. I still wanted to – I pl- applied – are you asking this question or should I just do – am I just railroading through this? Wait, what? Am I going to ask you questions? No, I mean am I just giving you my, my – uh, should I not be just telling you the path or should I wait for you to ask me about the path? No, no. I love this. I'll jump ahead if we need to jump ahead. But okay. Yeah, I want to know where you went after you got fired from Boston. So I put a, a – uh, I applied for air, an on-air job in like – 20 cities, and I had a list on my refrigerator of all the places, and I would cross them off as I got rejected. Providence, New Haven, uh, Bangor, Maine. And then I got an interview at Channel 5 in New York, and the news director said to me, you're the kind of girl who should go home and get married. You're you're one of those nice girls. And I said to him, please do not – Yes, I am nice. I am horrified, though. But, is... Oh, no, people always say stuff like that to you then. That's unbelievable. When I would go into his office, he would put porn <gasps> in his uh, VCR and play it during meetings with me. Come on. Because he wanted to break down the nice girl. It's okay. It was no big deal. 
not it was no, nothing. I used to laugh it off. I used to I'm laugh just it so off. like when I was anchoring, he would stand behind the camera, and he did this to everybody. He'd pull his um, insides of his uh, pockets, his linings out, and he'd pull his shirt through his zipper, and he'd wag back and forth. I'm an elephant. Like an elephant? <laughs> I'm an elephant. <laughs> yes. Oh, I sort of left, but We've every- come so far. <laughs> We've come so far. <laughs> but, you know. Uh, so what happened was- So when people do- have uh, HR uh, complaints at, yeah. at Glass Entertainment Group, are you like, let me tell you something, kid. <laughs> no, I used to have my news director whip it out and act yeah. like an elephant in front yeah, of me. Yeah, exactly. So, but he did in front of everybody. We all, you know, it wasn't, it's just his shirt and his whatever. Anyway, so- no, but he said to me, you should go home. And I said to him, please do not mistake, please do not mistake my demeanor for my ability. I, I will get out there and I will kill for you. And um, he called me one day and he said, you know what? You're probably an idiot, but I have five idiots like you. So I'm going to hire all of you for Monday, June 1st. At the end of the summer, one of you will be left standing. And do not, do not ask me who it is. Just check the schedule. <gasps> it was amazing. Best he just told all life. five of you. Yeah, and he eliminated people. One of you by the end of the summer will get a job. Yeah. As, as the regular reporter. Yeah. And did you get it? Yeah. You beat him out. Yeah. And how many, what was the ratio of men and women you were up against there? Uh, it was, yeah, it was four men and me. That's what I wanted to get to. It was four other men. Yeah. And you beat them all out. Yeah. That's awesome. But I didn't think about that. You know, what's so funny. Now people like bring that up or think about it. I don't think about it. Yeah. Because, well, because that's just how it was for you. You you just just knew you were stepping into a male dominated. Right. And I also was like kind of one of the gang. I kept pretty much myself, Mm -hmm. but I also was like, not particularly like, you know, some people would come in and they'd be like flirty or whatever I, that does, yeah. that's just not me yeah so you never dated in the workplace um are you referring to the fact that i married my ex-boss i don't no, know I that. actually didn't i don't know that you yeah. married your ex-boss yeah at what stop was that what stop what what job what uh inside edition oh th- okay i yeah. thought this was like yeah, a yeah. previous husband or something no I, no oh, got it okay no. so you've, you've had you've been married for how long uh, I have to check. I have a bowl on my counter. You have a bowl on your counter? We have a bowl that has the date, and we always say we have to check the bowl. I think 15 years. Okay, 15 years. Yeah. Got it. Okay. And he was your boss at Inside Edition? Yeah, but I was, yes, yeah. And you were talent? Yeah. So was that like a thing you had to keep it secret for a little bit? No, or- I wasn't dating him then. I don't no, know. No, no, no. Let me tell you. You act like I'm supposed to know this whole no, thing. No, God, no. Walk me through ew, this. No, no. <laughs> walk me through this. No. Um, okay. Uh, no, actually, I remember uh, the first time. I, I, I just remember uh, I became his go-to girl. Like when um, there was the Oklahoma bombing, I was like, okay. I can find the wife of the Oklahoma bomber. I know where she is. I know she's in the Philippines. Let me go for the weekend. And so we had just had a really good working report, but we were just friends. This is at Inside Edition. Yeah. And what was he? He was a behind-the-scenes producer? No, he was the he, – well, he eventually became the executive producer. But right. no, we, he's very no. – Okay, so you were friends. We were friends. And then my son sang at his daughter's school in New York. And okay. he and told him – and they had been friends because okay. we were all friends. And he said, my mother's getting divorced. And he called me and said, I actually never want to be your friend. He said he always had a crush on you. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. which was the last sweet thing he ever said to you, <laughs> which was the last romantic thing he ever no, said. No, but you know what? <laughs> You don't have to be romantic because when somebody isn't romantic and they tell you they love you. It means more. You know they do. Yeah. 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 yeah that's awesome. So there. And I got them their first Emmy nomination and all kinds of stuff like that. So how long were you on Inside Edition for? Oh, I don't remember. Six or six years. See, I, then I got – because I had landed um, – by the way, it's weird to talk about – the past for me because i'll tell you why people always say to me do you miss being on the air Mm. absolutely not i do not think about the past i dream of the future and i do not want to i will never be there's a lot of on-air people or producers but they really just want to be on the air not me really no no you just love the making of it 
You just love the process of making I was television. always a yeah. producer. I was yeah. always a writer. I mean, I, you know, that was just always you my You love chasing thing. the story. Loved it. Yeah. Loved making the story. It's a lot easier to be on the air. Super easy. Why is that? I don't know. Frog on a leash can do it. All you have to do is listen to people, observe, ask questions, take a cue. I mean, I did everything from the Miss America pageant to I've done tons of live. I mean, but uh, I, heard, I heard a rumor. What? That you at one point may have been approached for The View. I was, yeah. When, at what stage in The View was this? When they were first starting. The original cast. Yeah. And, yeah, you, were, yeah. and you were given an offer? Yeah. And you turned it down? Yeah. Was this because you didn't want to live in L.A. or wherever it films? No, because my son at the time was at a school uh, for kids with learning disabilities. And they called me and they said, he's unteachable. Take him out of school. And I went home and said, you know what? What do I have a kid for? I'm coming home. That's it. I don't want to be. Plus, you know what? I was just tired of the meanness. Yeah. So I just I went, came home to work with Max, who, by the way, Okay, ended up going to the University of Pennsylvania, got a degree in biology and a master's degree and is a successful real estate developer. So I'm glad I went back home. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. So back home meaning Philadelphia. Yeah. So was it at this point? What year is this? When you're when you're approached for the views is early 2000s. What is this? No, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember when The View launched either, but I oh. feel like it's... Early. I had just done a pilot for my own show okay. with ABC. Okay. What happened was, JC wanted me to tell you the story. So I had gotten an uh, Emmy nomination for Inside. I had to, and by the way, okay, I, I've won Emmys, but my favorite two stories are the two I lost, okay? Please. One was for Best Daytime Talk Show Host, and I thought, I'm going to win if Oprah explodes and Regis dies. <laughs> and I did not win. <laughs> okay. Right? I mean, come on. Me and them? I don't think so. Then I'm nominated for Best Coverage of a Breaking News Story against Bob Simon of 60 Minutes, the year he was kidnapped. Oh, gosh. Okay. That's not even fair. Is that fair? No, you should just get a special Emmy for being kidnapped. Like yeah, it's exactly. just like you're in a separate category. Exactly, Bob. it's yeah. like that's not when, an equal playing field. It's not. No. Liz Taylor won an Oscar for Butterfield Eight, Butterfield Eight, because she had pneumonia. That's why she won it. I thought you were about to compare yourself to Elizabeth Taylor. Uh, no. And I was going to give you shit for that. No. But you, you, no, you went no, a different oh, direction. Yeah, no, yeah, no. You zigged and zagged there. Yeah, no. All right, so so you had your Emmy nominations. You get offered The View. You turn it down. No, no, no. First, I had done a pilot for my own show at okay. ABC, and that's how all and that's that And that's why happened. they liked you. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, okay. We oh, you don't think they liked me because I'm so nice? Well, no, I'm saying on the ABC purview, okay, yes. they done right. the pilot, yeah, they liked your work, yeah. they give you an offer to be on the panel, yeah. and you're like, I want to go work with my son. Yeah. And you go back home, and that's Philadelphia. Yeah. So is this around the time you start to think, I need to launch my own company and Yeah, start I didn't have a job. Yeah. I did not have a job. Is that literally how it started? Because you were just kind of done with the talent stuff, and yeah. I need to stay home, so I'm going to yeah. produce from here? Yeah. Well, what happened? First, I got a radio show, which was super fun. That's cool. Oh my god! It, it, was it a disco? Was it a disco radio right. show in the really? afternoons? Really? Was Do I have radio, to live with this forever? Was it now? radio fever? No, it was not. Anyway, so um, no, but I did get in. What was lo- it? Was it morning talk? It was morning. T- yeah. Well, it was a morning radio show, and I and again, I got in trouble there a lot because I got in trouble because one day because. They always take such so seriously the management. We were giving out as a prize two tickets to cats, and I was like, in second prizes, four tickets to cats. It's I said, <laughs> you know, if T. S. Eliot was alive and in the audience, he'd say, "Who wrote this crap?" I mean, it's the musical so bad that they have to sing the same lousy song three times, and the only people more bored than the audience are the people on the stage. And with that, I got I, so I used to do stuff like that. All the time. And you I know, the show lo- is sponsored by cats. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the well, that's why cats. they gave us the tickets. They were the sponsor. Yes, yes, I know. You know? That's usually well, why station managers get upset. Right. Or like the New Jersey Aquarium sponsored us. And I kept saying, you, New- that guy's phone was ringing oh, immediately. My God. Oh, my God. New Jersey Aquarium sponsored us. And I kept saying, New, New Jersey Aquarium, one brown fish. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you, didn't, you did not care. You didn't I did care. not care. No, no, I was having a blast. But was it? Did you have to talk about like issues of the day, or was it just a no, soft, a soft, airy music? Music and we like Deli- we like Delilah. No, not at all. No, no, we did funny. What was what, what was the music? Was it like soft rock? No, what, what was it was it? the hits of today. Oh, know? okay, so it was like a pop music station. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. Well, what? What? Any 80, great? Any great interviews? 
<laughs> from the radio hits? I don't know. You know, I, I, I mean, I, I don't remember. You don't remember? Okay. Every, every, anybody you can think of who came through town. You know, in those stations, they all talked to you. So early on, was it, was it always Glass Entertainment? Was that the – No, 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 no. It was uh, Nancy Glass Productions and then okay. J.C. – because I'm an egomaniac, clearly. And J.C. came in and said, you can't have a girl's name. So it changed it to Glass Entertainment Group. Wait, I'm sorry. Hold on. Yeah? JC. Nobody's hearing this, right? JC, who joined the company, what, four years ago? Well, I started working with him about four years ago. Yeah. He was your agent at ICM. Yeah. yeah. And then you brought him in to be like a COO type. Yeah, right? yeah. And he told you, yeah. who had been in this business forever, yeah. who had already had a bazillion shows on the air. No, 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 but I didn't understand you... the business. I worked in a cave. Worked in you a cave? No, 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 Your no. credits go back. Like... No, but they're all accidental. I swear I am the luckiest person you will ever meet because I had no idea. Like, I listened to you guys, and you all you all worked. You went had T-shirt parties with – what did you – with erasers? Or it was a highlighter party. Highlighter for, party. Yeah, yeah. yeah, whatever. I know you have dim sum clubs. I'm like, you know, that's just a bunch of dough and water, okay? And it's a club. I don't know where you got the dim sum club. I don't know. That's even... one of JC's That's one of JC's things. things? Yeah. So – you guys all under you were all either in New York or LA and you understood how the business worked. Right. I was in Philadelphia. Yeah. And I didn't know. I only knew that I had ideas and I knew how to produce, but I didn't understand the idea about connecting mm. and reputation and how the circuit works. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. So I thought actually that was pretty good idea because he said, you know, you go in a room and you say, who's producing this show? He said, you want people to say glass, not Nancy. And he was right. Huh. Yeah. But why a girl's name? Why can't you have a girl's name? I don't know. He was teasing me. Yeah, because, you know, you can't have, like, Mark Burnett can't have his name at his production his company. His real name apparently. is Martha. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he told me that. So when JC joined, that was kind of a, a pivotal moment at the company? Oh, absolutely. Because I was, I was looking through the credits, and it looked yeah. like a lot of the early stuff in the early and mid-2000s yeah. was a lot of lifestyle programming. Right. Right? Cars. House, yeah. backyards, yeah, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Did you have a connection? I've like- actually watched paint dry. <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> I have. Uh, so many which must be really shows. fun in the edit. Oh, it's so fun. But did you have like a a hookup or a close contact at scripts? Because it seemed like the majority of your yes. early stuff was all there. Yes, I had been talent for an executive there, and so and he like I again I was always. You know, I now realize, now that I work with talent who go from zero to complete jerks in three episodes, sometimes, some of my talent's great, but some of them, you know, do that. I now realize why I work so much. It wasn't that I was talented. It was that I showed up early, stayed late, and worked really hard. Yeah. Like a mob wife, almost. Like your mob wives. Isn't that what you said about them? They worked really hard. They worked really hard. They worked really so, hard. Um, I, so he gave me that first break. It was my first idea was a show called Model Homes. Hmm. Homes of Mom. You know how models live or lived? Uh, hardly eating, nothing in the fridge. Exactly. And a, Out of a, a back pa- Apartments and yeah. they're always on the road. Yes. So wait, wait, this is how shows were, were made back then? The guy was like, I want to do a show called Model Homes. No, I thought of it. Oh, you thought so of it. I want Model Homes. <laughs> and he was like, oh, do it. And then I discovered. But here's a great thing. So now I'm no longer in news. Yeah. Thank goodness. I never call myself a journalist, by the way. I always call myself a storyteller. Okay. Because I think journalist is kind of pretentious, you know, journalist. Anyway. Um, See, I actually think storyteller is a little more pretentious. Is it? I think so. Oh, I, my God. I, I feel like it romanticizes it a little bit more than journalist, which is like a known, you know, work title. Is it? Okay. You don't think storyteller makes it a little bit more like grander? Oh, God, I'm a jerk. I think it's actually the flip. That's just me, though. I mean, you've been doing this forever. I'm, I could totally be can wrong you, here. Can you lay off the forever <laughs> thing? Okay. <laughs> okay, you've been doing this for some time. For some time, yes. For a period, a minuscule period of time yes. you've been doing this. So I did that. But so anyway. Okay. So model homes. Model homes. Turns so out I, they just live in apartments and don't eat. Yeah. Got but, it. But we managed to put it together. But then this famous supermodel comes out of her bedroom with a famous married man. And I thought oh. to myself, for the first time in my life, unless he's a throw pillow, I do not give a shit. And it was just great. It is so fantastic that when things happen, I can watch them instead of chase them. Right. Right. Okay, so this starts you on your way. Yeah. 
that 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 was the first show, that and it like, was successful. And so from that, you know, motion attracts motion. We just came back, kept coming back with more and more and more. Right. And then in two thousand, because there what? was there was one moment where I saw where it looked like the trajectory of everything kind of changed. Yeah. In two thousand eleven. Yeah. That's a big year in terms of things getting on air. That's when Taint comes out. Yeah. But in two thousand eleven, and this is where the, the the change comes. Documentary Race to the Bottom of the Earth. Yeah. Now at that point. Everything else on the glass credit sheet was all lifestyle stuff. Right. This documentary seemed like a big deal at the time. And it, you had to, and you had to chase financing for this, right? No, I put my own money into it. This is it. your own money. What happened was a guy comes into my office. A friend of mine, a jeweler, says to me, you have to meet my friend. He's an explorer. And I say, what is he, eight years old? Who's an explorer? Guy comes into my office. And if you think I have a personality, took up. All the air, I'm telling okay. you. And he is, uh, he says, I am going to traverse the coldest, harshest, uh, windiest environment on earth. I am going to do it faster than anybody's ever done it, and I'm going to and I'm going to break a world record by doing it solo. And more people have stepped on the face of the moon. And <gasps> I'm going to be the first American to do it. And when he was done, I was like, oh! <gasps> I mean, I just got chills. When you just said more people have stepped on the moon than where he was headed, that's like – It's unbelievable. That's everything. So I really believed in it. I really did. And I was like – Was he going to self-record it? Yeah, he did. So what happened was – Was that the plan? I put together what I thought was a great sizzle. I took it everywhere. And people said, this is fantastic. Best of luck. Because you know why. They, they're like, you do house shows. How can you do that? Yep. So I was like, yep. so I did. I was, Doesn't that piss you off, though? Like someone else from the whatever, the survival space, yeah. could walk in with the same exact tape. Yeah. And they'd be like, straight to series. Yeah. But because you've been doing lifestyle stuff all that yeah. time, they were like, all right, we don't want to pair you up with somebody. We don't right. want to find a great showrunner that's done survival. We're just going to pass. Yeah. And that, uh, well, uh, can I tell you something? Yeah. The same thing happened to me in the crime space. Yeah. I was going to get there later, but let's not jump over this documentary. So you, yeah, because I'm going to get to the crime stuff. So I took it around and nobody wanted it. And so he had to go because you only have, you have to go to Antarctica when the plane will fly to base camp. Yeah. And that's like a three week period. So I put my own money into it to do all the cameras. You can't go. With him because then he's not solo. He's not unaided. Right. He had a yellow brick on his back, right. which is how he could communicate with us. And then he broke his skis. Oh, my gosh. So we, we could talk to him every night. We're like, well, fly in skis. He's like, you can't fly in skis. I have to walk or this won't be unaided. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then he loses his yellow brick. And he, the whole time, is talking to the camera like it's Wilson, you yeah. know, in Castaway. And he is saying to the camera, I could die, but if I die, I will die of a broken heart. Because he didn't pull off his yeah. mission. Yeah. And he was hallucinating. And then finally, he had 40 days to make it. Day 38, we got a call from the, from the South Pole. He made it. And his lungs were so badly frostbitten, they thought he would live another 48 hours out there. Oh my gosh. And we put it together, raced to the bottom of the earth, and it went to film festivals. And then Babette Perry, who was my agent at yeah. the time, got it to uh, the head of David, the head of Fox. And he. David Lyle? No, not David oh. Lyle. Wonderful David Lyle, no. Um, and uh, they put it on uh, Nat Geo. On that geo. And that's why I thought maybe David Lyle. I thought yeah, no, it wasn't David Lyle. Yeah. Okay. But uh, so that was really a great Unbelievable. Thing for me. Yeah. You backed yourself. Yeah. And put your own money down. Yeah. And then in the crime space in 2014, yeah. it seems you start doing crime. Now, was this a. Was this a strategic move by you and JC to see where the trends were going? And you're like, we got to get into this space. I want to get into every space. Okay. You know, I, every day I wake up, I have a new idea. It's something new I want to do, some new strategic thing. I'm always trying to think the 360 of it all. What kind of product can we do? Is there a podcast associated? Can we make a film? I mean, I'm always churning. Yeah. Right? So there was this book, Footsteps in the Snow. Yes. Written by a Pulitzer Prize-nominated journalist yeah. okay and it was about the oldest cold case murder in american history to ever be solved and it, everybody was after it every single 
production co- – I mean, there were five production companies after it. And I said to the author, um, I want this. And he said, you've never done this before. And so I slept with him. <laughs> and – well, he's also my husband. And, and I got it. And you want to know something? Jimmy, this is the truth. He wanted to give it to another production company. I was like, you want me to tell the kids that you're going to give this no. to another production company? Are you out of your mind? And I'm still I'm it. still reeling by how you set that up. I'm Thank still you. reeling. The setup and the punch for that was <laughs> amazing timing. Did not see it's that coming. My husband's book. And he really wanted to give it to another company. Yes. Because he said, you've never done crime. Yes. You yes. had to hear it from your own spouse. Yes. That you may not be up for it. Yes. What was the other company? What? What was the other company that wanted it? Uh, Peacock wanted it. Um, <laughs> let's see. And, the, and you know what? And he really he was like, they're really good. I'm like... Excuse me. Oh my god. Yeah, they are. They're good. Oh, your your husband and my wife would love each other. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, my wife's never listened to one episode or watches any of my shit. Yeah. Really? I, no, God no. And I watch She has enough of me at home. She doesn't want to watch my stuff or <laughs> hear my voice in the car when I'm not around. That's her that's her safe time by well, the way. My husband and I laugh, so all we do is laugh. And then after a while he'll just say to me, You can't help yourself, can you? You just can't help yourself when I'll say one of the Silly things I say or do one of the silly. So did that go to series footsteps in the snow? Or was no, that a doc? But it was a doc. But it was beautiful. Get closer really to Mike. Uh, it was beautiful. I'm very proud of it. It was. I think it was really good. We interviewed the guy in prison. We got all these exclusives because my husband had landed them, and um, and and it led to us getting other crime shows. Now, how did that lead to you getting crime shows? Because when the networks have to have, did, did, did you send it to them? Did you show them what you'd done? Well, it did really well in the ratings. Uh, and and where, it became did, a calling card. Oh, it aired in on LMN, and okay. it did really, really well. And also, we did have an offer from ID, okay. and we went with LMN because they were committed to two hours, okay. and um, there was more money in it. And it just and we thought, oh, maybe we this we can use this to prove to ID that we can do ID shows. Got it. And it really worked. And now we also work for Oxygen. Well, which a, is, lot we oxygen. Do a lot of oxygen. You got a lot of oxygen They're business great. going on. I mean, the jury speaks. Yeah, Genius great. idea, by the way. Thank you. You know why I got that idea? idea? Because I covered the O.J. Simpson trial right. from Camp O.J., we used to call it. We mm. broadcast from these towers in the air, put together by the lowest bidder, I might add, but every day in these wobbly, wobbly towers. And afterwards, I interviewed jurors, and I knew that race was not their top consideration. Mm. I knew that they were pissed. Mm. These people were sequestered. Yeah. They, a judge goes on vacation, they're stuck in a hotel room. Remember, they can't talk to each other about the crime. Right. These are simple people who had to look at crime scene photos. I don't know if you've ever seen them, but I have, and yeah. they're gruesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you've seen them in, when we put I them. Did a, I did an OJ miniseries for ID, which was the uh, yeah. Jason Simpson theory. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. But yeah, the crime scene. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. But that's unbelievable. Yeah. That's such a genius idea. So when you came in, did you basically just explain what your process had been yeah, yeah, and said, yeah. look, I think I can go back and get these jurors? And I can get – well, so my thought was, first of all, if you knew – they're sequestered, right? Yeah. So I knew that their attitude at the end was, you know, screw it. We hate these people. We want to get out of here. We feel bad for him. We feel bad for us. I mean, there's a lot of mixed emotions, I think, in right. that. Uh, plus, it was just the whole thing was so badly done. But um, I – thought if you they knew then what they know now right how would they vote oh see that's the intrigue yeah see that's the hook right there yeah would they stand by what they what they exactly. said exactly and also what did they learn they didn't know and also mm. like in some cases like in the robert blake case yeah why did they why did he get off well they told us because the prosecutor said i'll put the gun in his hand it was the one thing she didn't do mm. if she had done that they could have said guilty Right. But they had to consider what she promised she would do. Right. Interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's a genius show. Uh, Dahmer on Dahmer, A Serial Killer Speaks. You just did the same thing with uh, Kemper, Yeah, correct? Yeah. Um, well, I was Jeffrey Dahmer's closest confidant from the day he was arrested to the day he died. Uh-huh. I know. People can't believe it. Dahmer's having like a real renaissance right now, right? Oh, is he? Oh, is oh no, he? I'm sorry. No, it's Bundy, right? Bundy, they just yeah. did the Bundy uh, Netflix Thing. Yeah, was tapes, no one's ever the bunny heard. tapes, right? People have heard the tapes. All these exclusives are narrow exclusives. It's just like, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I, love you, I love you just poo-pooing and rolling your eyes right oh, now. Oh, please. Uh, 
the Pope. Yeah. The Pope for CNN. Ugh. When I first saw the promo for that and the uh, poster at CNN's offices, I was like, of course. I'm Let like, me tell you, course. they are what a so fascinating fantastic subject. Fantastic, they're great, aren't for. they? They're fantastic. Unbelievable. They are yeah. so smart. Yeah, they are. They are. I mean, Chanel. I know. Amy. Lovely. I mean, they're unbelievable. I know. It's people. really a great team, and they really. Uh, that was such a fun and exciting project, and Liam Neeson being the voice. How did it all come together, though? Like, what what inroads did you have, if at all, with the Vatican at the time when you walked it in? Well, we thought we had in that. Oh, that's this is a whole okay. other Oprah. Pe- uh, uh, got it. Okay, we don't have to get into the whole thing, but yeah. it ended very well. It ended very six well. episodes. Yes. Did you get any blowback from anybody from any sides? Just because when you touch something that holy, um, we did. I mean, well. Like, did you have any people from the Catholic side? The, the Catholic League, you know. Yeah. They, <laughs> it was really funny. They wrote an article, this guy, not the Catholic League, sorry, that's not fair. Because we had a lot of um, Catholic advisors weigh in, and they were great. And they were all very much like, yeah, tell the truth, tell what happened. But there's some very, very far-right guy who wrote something about how Nancy Glass and John Hirsch uh-huh. Are the there it is? Produ- there it is. Are the producers? That's what I was digging for. Yeah, two Jews walked into uh-huh. the Vatican. There you go. Yeah, um, but <laughs> and and by the way, John Hirsch is genius. He's just fantastic. Lawn and, and order. order, the greatest title I've ever heard in the in the lifestyle space. Okay. Lawn and order, Jimmy, genius, Th- Jimmy. genius. You're very kind. So it's lawn and order, but instead of the doink doink, it was. Two separate but equal groups, right? You can't sell your house. Two separate but equal groups. The designers who come up with a plan and the contractors who see it through. These are the stories of lawn and order. Okay. Took me 14 years. You've asked people, do you drop it? And then – This came up last episode. uh, Yeah, and come back. I do. I come back. You come back to it. Yes, because I am hurting for you. So lawn and order was the one – that you tried to sell over a decade ago. Yes, and it got on the air after 14 years, and it flopped. I <laughs> it doesn't matter. You got it made. I At flopped. least you now know. At least you know now. Would it have worked? Would it have not? Oh. I, I was told you had a pass letter from like yeah. 2004 or something yes. from they, an executive who said this will never never work. Yes, never and work. it didn't work. But it. But I do have that. Yes, when they used to write letters rejecting you. Thank you so much for your submission fill in the blank like a mad lib i think those should be like snapchat messages where they just disappear after like a yes. certain amount of time you know after someone passes so you just don't actually have to go back and relive it oh, later on fun. in your inbox it's what fun. was that for lawn and order was that diy yeah is somebody trying to get in oh right i'm now? sure it's JC is that jc trying, trying to harass to us do you want to grab and see if he's if that's him well should i but then he can i gotta torture him he told me he was oh you can leave him out there too the door is locked right now to the conference room around, for, for those of you wondering and I hear something on the other side of the door. It's okay. I don't have a third mic for him anyway, so he can just he can just sit and. Oh my God! JC Mills just walked in the room and he has a polka dot blazer on. Lose a bet. And Nancy is horrified. Do you want to describe the jacket for everyone listening? Picture your grandmother's couch with buttons. (laughs) Good morning, guys. Good morning, JC. Way to make an entrance. What on earth have you got? Wow. It has white buttons. That, has your, smile. Has your wife seen this? Yeah. Yeah, and she approved. He looks like his first day of first grade, doesn't he? His hair's parted. Did you get, did you, did you shave or do something since I saw you last night? No, I just looked really good today. You look like you're glowing <laughs> this morning. Uh, it's my last day here. You right? just missed the lawn and order anecdote, oh. by yes. the way. But I, I did we, hit did that. Did we do Roger King yet? I was told if I bring up Roger King's name, you will have a visceral reaction. I will not. I loved him. Okay. I loved him, but no, 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 no. What I was saying, well, see. King World. King, yes, King World. And Roger. they produced Inside Edition? Yes. Yeah. But let me tell you about, like, their nappy parties. They had Elton John oh my perform. Oh, my god! And then they leave me backstage because they all like drinking and drugs so much. That's why everybody died. By the way, that's why everybody died Are so Are both early. the King brothers gone now? Two of them are gone. How many were there? I thought there Four. were Four. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought oh, there were only yeah. two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bob and Richie are still around. Bob is they're they're just I thought they were great people. They were quite the characters. Is that a doc? Is that a movie about the four King brothers? 
you know? Would that be like a future or like a scripted thing about how they hustled and did Oprah? I'd rather not commit to that in front of you. She's she's nodding at JC. Like, we have to do that. Okay. Well, we have it on air whose idea it was. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay, So so. what happened was, uh, and Roger was like, he'd be like... uh, Oh, like one of my favorite stories that they told at his funeral, which, by the way, was at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, yeah. Okay, Trumps, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Oprah tells a story at his funeral that he had a gigantic that he was like, Oprah, you know, uh, I got a cigarette craft, and you got to get in it because it's faster than the fish. And Oprah says, uh, No, Roger, I. I'm not getting on it, and I don't swim. And he says, don't worry, Oprah, because uh, anything happens, that glop, 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 your ear will be me holding your ass out of the water. <laughs> so he was every, he had, at his Christmas party, he had synchronized swimmers in his pool. No. Yes, a live nativity scene. Oh, my he had, God. It was like crazy. So everything, and the was o- everything was over the top. Beyond over the top. Beyond. And live animals. Tigers walking around. Insane. He had the original Tiger Parties. Yes, he did. But, okay, so I was offered a job on 2020, and yeah. it was like my dream. I didn't go after it. They came after me, and I was pregnant, and I looked like the Titanic in drag. <laughs> I was huge. And I went to Roger, and I said, Roger, this has come to me, and I didn't go after it. It came after me, and it's it's my dream. And he said to me, I have a dream, too, and in my dream, you're working for me. And he, threw, he had a paper in each hand. He threw it at me, and I did what any professional would do. I sobbed my eyes out, and I had mascara dripping down my stomach. And then he, he was like, there's a clause in your contract. If I give you a show, you're staying. So they did this show, American Journal, and I became the host of American Journal until I finally did get a pilot at ABC. You know, you realize you started this whole anecdote with the fact that you said you loved this guy. I did. So why I did you love did this guy? Because... Oh, it's hard to explain because he was one of those the great figures in the business. Right. Because he had a vision. Because he believed in me. Okay. You know. There you go. He did. There you go. Because so, he gave you the opportunity. Yeah. So whatever the Michigas, it didn't matter. Uh, See, we, I'm a forgiver. Looking back, I'm a forgiver. You're a forgiver. Okay. <laughs> you, I, well, you, you said you never look back. You only dream never. dream about the future. Yeah. Uh, see, I was listening. I've been listening good, this whole good. time. Did we get to the J.C. Milfarm story? Yeah, we did. Yeah, you joined. You're great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you told her not to have a girl's name on yeah, the company. Yeah, yeah. yeah we talked about all true. that. And, I and how believe that's like, going to get out there. Cause that's not <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I'm just I saying. I think it is. This is. I'm pretty sure it is. All right. No, I was saying that we're such close friends because it's it's hand-to-hand combat. Yeah. You have to have your... Are, are you really going to keep crashing? I don't have a microphone for you. You can't keep, you can't keep spouting questions. Tell them, tell them that we have the same birthday. Oh, we do have the same you birthday. You have the same birthday. Yeah, the same year. Don't laugh. <laughs> See, I did that. Well, 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 that's my shtick. That's a good. That's a yeah, good. That's a good you. routine. No, we do have the same birthday. What is what is the birthday? February thirty first. That's not a real date. It isn't. That's not a real date. My parents lied to me. That's not a real date. It's August eighth. What are you doing? Stop it. August eighth. Yeah. Do you guys have any other celebrities that share the birthday with you? Yes. Like yes. I have Mark Burnett. I have Mark Burnett and David Hasselhoff. We share a birthday. I have Gengis. Roger Federer. Okay. Same day, same year. As as you? Yes. Yeah, so we're both who, who else shares that date? Genghis Khan. <laughs> no, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> Dustin Hoffman, I think. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, Deborah Norville. Okay, that's a good one. Um, that's it. And uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah. Oh, oh. really? No. You made course, it up. Of course oh, not. see. All right. So looking back. For a liar, I'm so gullible. Looking back, <laughs> what are you most proud of? I don't know. What are you most proud of in terms of just like how you've balanced parenthood and a career? I have. I mean, My yes, kids are, are, your kids love you. Are you sure? You were talking to me just, be- just before we started recording. You were talking to me about your daughter. Yes. And I showed you a picture of my two girls. Yes, and I said girls are delicious. My, my kids are the loves of my life. You've been able to build your, build your company, do it on your own terms in Philadelphia. I mean, the corporate culture you guys have, like JC was telling me the other day that you guys actually pay for employees to, like, take classes or seek yeah. out special training courses. Yeah. That's, like, unheard of. Why? I don't know why. People just don't do it. I need a happy camp. That's what I'm proud of, having a happy camp. 
I don't know. You know, I, I guess I don't take the time to feel proud, I guess. I'm just sort of plowing forward. But I do, you know, I always used to only feel the pain because yeah. there's a lot of pain in our business. Yeah. So now I do take the time to feel the happiness. And I guess I feel uh, proudest of the people that I've been able to keep around me. So what's the future of the company now? You guys are branching out. You're making overall deals. You're making acquisitions. It is now what? Glass Entertainment Group? Yes. That's it now. Not named after a girl anymore. No, it's not, not named after, after a girl. Because girl. that would never work. You know, it didn't work for Oprah. Um, <laughs> actually, actually, no. Actually, I'm wrong. That was Harpo. That wasn't Oprah. Yeah, see? Production. She had right. to go backwards right. to write. Right, so go ahead. you're now branching out. Yeah. You're acquiring companies. How many companies now are underneath the umbrella? Two. Two? Yeah. Crybaby's one. Yes. And Bargle is the other. But we plan on having, by I would say, in the next three months, we will have at least one more. Yeah. Yep. So you, always, always looking. So yep. I'm, I feel like I'm looking at, like, ABC, the left be field. Closing. I feel like I'm looking at the left field, uh, left field in the making, essentially. That's what I feel like I'm looking at. I feel is like he this hungover. He's totally hungover. He's delusional. Why am I hungover? He and thinks delusional? I am Charlie's Theron. I don't know. Uh, isn't that isn't that like everyone's kind of bar? I yes, mean, Leftfield it's a dream. Started yes. acquiring companies, making sure. acquisitions, oh, and yes, but he's another category of success. Yeah, sure, but it, you know, it. See how quickly you admitted it. Yeah, <laughs> Did you see that? Oh, that was. Like, but isn't that what yeah. we all? But isn't that what we all strive for? <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, so more companies over the next year yes. or so you're identifying. And are these yeah. going to be showrunners, producers that you want to build a new company yes. for? Or are you actually looking at like brick-and-mortar shops that pre-exist and you want to acquire them? It depends. No, I, would, I, I would say no. I would say the secret Get to the microphone. Do you know how this oh, business for works? for God's sake. Seriously, you work in entertainment really? and you keep you're talking with my buddy. Seriously. I thought you had good mics. Oh. Get you a cocktail? What the this is the only thing I'm going to let you talk about. This is about her. It's fine. It's fine. Get close to the microphone. How close? Right. Is this good? Are you gonna, so you're going to make more like individual deals where there are people you've selected to yeah. build a company yeah for. because the secret sauce <clears throat> the secret sauce of this company is philadelphia okay um we have amazing people down there editors story producers everything everything so it can run through the, so it can run through yeah, the infrastructure so Danny's set up in la and ultimately he will his stuff will funnel through the uh philly team and the philly team supports him any way they need got it so got it that's it okay that's good your time, your time, where are you going? I'm going to go do some shit. Fine. <laughs> Thanks, JC. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay. Yes. Real quick. Real quick, yes. Real quick. I need you to He's walking over with his phone. What do you... You need me... What oh, is this? He, see, what is, what is you in my office. Your EIC is obsessed. What's yes. going on, Nancy? She loves you. We, we, they, we listen to you in the office. So I'm being asked to do a personal shout-out on your phone yes. right now? To who? Andrea. What am I supposed to... Just okay. tell her you're listening loves, to her. She loves podcasts. Hi, Andrea. Uh, this is Jimmy. I'm recording with Nancy right now. Just so you know, I'm not making it up. I'm going to flash the camera over to her. There's your boss. There's your other boss. And I hear you are like the greatest EIC working in our business and have horrible, horrible taste in men. What? Yeah, she does. <laughs> that's terrible. No, just because JC said that, like, my EIC thinks uh, you sound attractive. Oh, so, oh. That, so that's why I'm saying she has horrible oh. taste in okay. men. Okay, okay. Yes. Um, thank you for doing this. My, this is really fun. Thank I'm you. actually glad he stopped by because it was cool to see your dynamic. He really knows how to set you up. <laughs> set you up for the punch in the room. Yes, he does. Like yes, the whole purpose does. of him asking about the birthday was just so you could hit that year Yeah, joke. the joke. Yeah. But that joke <laughs> is not that good, I have to say. No, I think it's strong. I think it's strong. Thank you for doing this. Was Thank this okay? You. Yeah, of course. You're such a pro. Like you inter- you've interviewed people, you know, like the most famous people in the world, like the nature of... Yeah, but I've made a lot of mistakes. I, okay, want to hear my uh, big interview, uh, my only interview gaffe, my only, several interview gaffes, but one. Okay. Okay, so I was so excited to meet Paul McCartney. You oh, have to understand. I'm he's the- coming to L.A. in July, and I'm, I'm like dying, dying to go. Yeah. Dying. Yeah. So I sit down in front of him, and I've, I've interviewed presidents. Right. I've mean, serial killers. I interviewed a, 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 a queen, right? He sits down, and I say to him, I can't help myself. I go... When I was in the second grade, I oh really God. wanted to marry you. Oh, God. Oh, God. And oh God. those words could come back. And he looked at me and he went, you did? That is so sweet. And after that, I was like a puddle on the floor. <laughs> like, oh, McCartney thought I was sweet. But is that a gaffe? Is that a gaffe if, he, if his response was actually sweet in return? That doesn't seem like a gaffe. It seemed like it didn't, I felt it didn't, like it it didn't ruin the interview, right? 
I no. But you it thought it was unprofessional. I thought exactly. <laughs> I thought it was a total idiot. So he's everything that we hoped he'd be. Oh, he is. He, he is. He's everything. I think that James Corden. Did you watch that whole half hour James Corden? Yes. Corporal karaoke yes. special with him. Yes. That whole thing should win an Emmy. Yes. That whole. Fantastic. It, it was. It's one of the most joyful. 20-something minutes of content I've watched yes. in years. I cried like three times watching it. I think because my uncle had passed away and he was a huge Beatles fan. Oh. They played the Beatles at his funeral. And like when he sings like, I think it was Let It Be or whatever. And, and he's going home and talking about his mom. And like when him and John were like rehearsing in like his little like apartment. Like it's so touching. That whole thing is so touching. But do you realize how long ago that was? Yeah. I mean it's like the 60 early years 60s, ago? 50s. So is that like – is that – 50 years ago, right? Not the 50s. Oh, for God's well, sake. No, but when they, before they burst on the scene. No, but they, so they burst on the scene in the 60s, right? Right. So, so before so, that, when they were in high school, must have been. Right. But right. what I'm saying is we, okay, my kids know Beatles music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They know music from 50 something years ago. Yeah. If when I was born, I learned music from that long ago, yeah. I would have been in like ragtime and uh, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's weird how well it holds they up. They lasted, yes. It holds up. Anyway. You know who else holds up? Who? Nancy Glass holds up. Thank you for doing this. Thank you. <laughs>